Xbox has a leak, build is over, and 5G's getting added to HoloLens. Happy post-build event, everybody. It's end of May. It's a holiday weekend here in the U.S. if that's where you're from. Uh, nobody's working Monday, but everybody's working from home. So is it really a holiday? It's just sort of like the normal um, with maybe a little bit less email. So uh, this week, Microsoft had its build conference, which is their developer-focused event. And there was a lot of good stuff coming out there. And I'm sure most of you are probably familiar with a lot of it. But just a couple quick highlights is that Microsoft is finally building a package manager into Windows 10. Uh, you can go out and actually download it now. It's on GitHub. And it will be built into all future versions of Windows 10 going forward. So if that makes you excited, and it should for most IT pros out there, um, you know that is good news. And we'll get more information about the package manager and a bunch of the basic features that aren't there yet should be arriving in the near future. The other big item are reunion apps. Microsoft is officially sort of trying to publicly and fully combine Win32 with UWP. And so realistically, what's going to happen here is if Microsoft has their way, reunion apps will become the new sort of default app and they just call them Windows apps. It's not nearly as restrictive as UWP and it sort of starts to modernize Win32 applications in a way that actually makes sense for existing developers to move to this, I don't want to call it a platform, but these APIs and functionality uh, without having to really kind of rework everything and try to abide by that framework that UWP once was. So I know it's easy to say UWP is dead, but realistically what is happening here is that the UWP API and functionality are being ported or brought back over to what most developers were using. Let's be honest, nobody is really building UWP. They're building Win32 apps, and now you'll have more features and functionalities that made UWPs look nice, but in the older style application. So that is a good thing. Microsoft Lists is coming. Now, it's a little bit confusing because Microsoft also has To Do, but To Do is a, a the way they pitch it now is that To Do is for your personal sort of task-based things. And Microsoft List is going to be the corporate Microsoft 365 sort of list thing that is very collaborative and it's everywhere. And so uh, that'll be coming this summer and it looks relatively robust from what Microsoft has shown off, but that is another big highlight. Uh, the other big thing that I'm personally excited about is the Fluid Framework. So now the Fluid Framework takes Office, as you know, like and think classic Office, things like Excel, Word, uh, I'm guessing PowerPoint here, and definitely Excel is gonna be a big part of this because everybody uses Excel in the corporate world. And what it allows you to do is kind of break them into web components. And those web components can now live inside other applications. And what it does is then syncs all that data in real time. So what you could do is have a little Excel table, if you will, in an email that is also tied to an actual Excel document or another web component of Excel. And when you update in one place, it gets updated across everywhere. It's a neat idea. It's not the first time Microsoft has tried to do this. Um, I think many, many years ago, there were some there were some attempts to do something like this, but I think now is the time, right timing. And it's Microsoft's sort of new office framework, if you will. So it should be pretty good. Another thing I'm personally excited about, maybe not so much everybody else, but Teams is finally going to get NDI support. NDI is what the kind of backend plumbing, if you will, for that podcasters use a lot to extract web or web uh, video content from the application and get higher quality and just a little bit easier functionality. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, speaking of Teams, if you have been waiting for Skype integration or interoperability, 
interoperability in Skype or, you're, or inside of Teams, you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. Microsoft was originally saying that this was going to be done, I believe, by around the end of April, um, but the initial rollout didn't go so well. And so they've really paused on this and they're now saying the end of June is when everybody will actually get that functionality. On the HoloLens side, also announced this week, is HoloLens is going to be getting 5G support. And so that's kind of like the first major sort of hardware-ish upgrade to HoloLens 2. And so if you have a HoloLens 2 and you're thinking, hey, I need 5G, well, you'll soon be able to do that. Also out of the Windows world this week, uh, the source code for Windows NT 3.5 has leaked to the interwebs. You can go out and find it if you know where the dark corners of the web are. Um, and that's not so dark anymore because it's actually relatively easy to find, I believe. Um, one thing that comes up a lot with this is one, this is really, really, really old code. And so you, I guess in theory, you could use it to maybe find some bugs uh, in Windows today, but that's probably pretty unlikely. But the, the bigger question that always comes up is why doesn't Microsoft just open source this stuff? Why don't, why, why don't they? Well, the biggest reason honestly is, is that there's probably, not probably, I know for a fact that there's a lot of third-party code included in the Windows uh, framework and everything else, and they don't have the license from those third parties to just say, hey, can we go dump this as open source? It's not exclusively Microsoft code in there. Remember, they have a lot of drivers and frameworks and everything else from third parties that have to integrate into Windows, and so Microsoft doesn't have the, the licensing to do that, and so they could potentially go down that rabbit hole that's going to be a lot of work to get all that you know sewed up um, to make it so that they can make it available anyways on to the gaming news also leaked is actually the original xbox source code the og xbox the big one the one that looks like a giant v vhs player sort of um actually no that was more the original Xbox One, I guess, looked more like it could be. Whatever, the original Xbox with the Duke controller. That source code has also leaked. Now, there could be some actual benefits to you and I from this if you're willing to kind of go into that grayish, black, illegal area, um, is that they could use this technology or the source code to actually make better emulators of the original Xbox. Now, it's not quite clear how complete uh, the actual source code is and if it can be compiled correctly, um, but it is out there. So the actual source code is out there. So people could, in theory, work it backwards to make a proper and really smooth and slick emulator for original Xbox games. That would probably be the biggest fallout for Microsoft from this is that that is actually what's going to happen. Um, so keep your eyes and ears and open for things like that, but nothing really on the security side. I, there's not too much Microsoft can do at this point. Once it leaks, it leaks and it's out there and so there you go um the other thing happening in the microsoft well there's a couple actually things uh solitaire uh made its debut about 30 years ago today and this is crazy to me is that 35 million people are still playing solitaire on windows uh every month so it's quite a few people microsoft originally built solitaire into windows to help people get familiar with the mouse and keyboard setup so that is why it actually existed and here we are 30 years later and a whole bunch of people are playing it every single month um other things kind of happening across the Microsoft world, uh, Minecraft sales hit 200 million, not too big of a surprise there, that hit earlier this month. It just really just goes to show that when people say Microsoft doesn't have great gaming chops, they've only got Halo. Like Minecraft is massive, over 100 million people playing that every single month. There, Dungeons is coming out uh, very, very soon as well. And so that is either going to help grow that base a little bit, if nothing else, it's gonna help retain people into the Minecraft world. And also uh, did a video on it earlier this week that Xbox Game Pass is outperforming uh, these PlayStation Now servers by quite a bit. I believe it's like 2 million for PlayStation and 10 million uh, for Game Pass. And so it is a little bit of uh, sunshine, you know, for the Xbox fans. So going to get into the Q&A for the week. Every week I tweet that out, uh, Twitter handle is at BDSams, and then you can just drop a, you can just follow the link and that'll help you out. 
uh, get to the thread where I asked the questions. Felipe says, hi, Brian, hope you're doing okay. Hope you're doing okay, Felipe. Uh, Microsoft has been doing great work in the subscription world. When do you think they will 100% replace the most traditional stuff like SQL Server, Windows, and Office, and so on? I don't know if they ever fully will. At least in the enterprise space, they're still selling quite a bit of the old perpetual stuff. I don't think they're going to get rid of it anytime soon. For the consumer side, I think it's more than likely going to happen first, and then we would see it trickle up into the enterprise. I don't even, I'm assuming you can still go buy out uh, Office 20, what is it, 2019 as a consumer. I know you definitely can in the corporate world. So it says, also, do you think Microsoft will eventually do the opposite that they are doing now with uh, Windows subsystem for Linux or WSL? Instead of shipping uh, Windows with a kernel Linux inside it, instead a kernel Linux with a, a a kernel Linux with a Windows kernel contained for backwards compatibility. Um, I mean, I don't want to say no, that they would never do that, but I it, that work is, I think, a lot more substantial than bringing Linux to Windows rather than bringing Windows to Linux. So I, I, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but I don't think that's going to be their priority right now. Uh, Usman says, have Microsoft announced any dates for their Series X keynotes? I know there was talk about a digital E3 alternative, but what was anything formally announced? So the formally announced stuff was that they were going to do monthly shows. Uh, Xbox 2020, I believe, is what they're calling it. And that is, their, I believe, their digital alternative that they have announced so far. It is still speculated that they are going to do something in June because they initially said, hey, we're going to be doing this every month. And then they never announced really anything for June. So we're still holding out that things are going to happen to June. He says, also we ask, he says, will we expect any Surface hardware refreshes at the end of this year? Yes, like the Surface Pro 8 or Pro X2. Or have we had enough Surface for the rest of the year? I am fully under the impression that there is going to be a Surface event in the fall. Uh, look for the usual rev and there might be a couple other things tossed in there as well. Uh, JTD, oh, and he says, one final question. Uh, it's about, one final question. It is about the inside workings of the service team. From the Laptop 3 and the Pro X and now the Go 2, they're starting to make devices that are easier to get into and repair. If you've looked at some of the repair ratings um, from iFixit, they are improved. Also things uh, Microsoft allow, announced last year, especially I believe it's on the Surface Pro. I can't remember if it's on the laptop or not, but you can now swap out or at least remove the hard drive if it fails or if you need to destroy it because it contains sensitive data. That is a very much a user-friendly thing. And so uh, that is what he is alluding to here. Are they listening to more enthusiast community about these things what was the big change and shift in this direction well on the pro side it was definitely related to um the enterprise world saying hey look when these things are retired we have to smash the hard drive we need a better way to do it and that was microsoft's response i'd love to say that they're listening to enthusiast feedback but I don't know if that's necessarily true because we would have seen Thunderbolt and please don't tell me that it was because of the re recent security issues. I think that's a very convenient thing, primarily because the decision to include or not include Thunderbolt happens happened long before uh, any of this information came out. That being said, um, I think they listened to their enterprise community very, very, very carefully because I believe that is a half, uh, somewhere around there of the total sales for the devices and it's a big bulk seller. And so that is where a lot of the feedback comes from. I'm very much in favor of more usability, but I wouldn't expect anything crazy like being able to swap out the display easier or anything like that, because there's definitely a trade-off between uh, serviceability and form and function. And so if you need any other you know, evidence of that, just look at what the iPhones have done and basically everybody have done by gluing and batteries and no longer user replaceable. You have to give up some function to increase that form factor, which unfortunately or fortunately whichever way whichever side of the fence you're on consumers have said hey we prefer it to look nice rather than to be super functional so uh there you go uh his jtd wob says any plans to upgrade to a better sound system for real atmos response no 
Um, I'm not going to get the, at least I don't have plans to get the new Sonos Atmos soundbar. Um, I'm pretty well entrenched in Sonos. It works well enough for us. 5.1 is good enough for our basement. And I'm not planning to like completely overhaul all this stuff uh, at this time. Uh, let's see. Yen Sees says, I report report mentioned that the majority of live streaming services are enjoying healthy viewer increases except Mixer. There's also comments that the Mixer team is unhappy with its leadership. Uh, these are combined with mega money deals Mixer gave to big name content creators. Is Mixer dead? Personally, I want it to succeed. More competition is better for the consumer, but I still think of kid like Mixer interface, the lack of features and no marketing uh, are really not helping it. Finally, shouldn't there be a link to Mixer on the Bing homepage? These are all good point and salient observations that Mixer, Microsoft made a strategy change. Remember, it was about a year ago that they laid off or made a shift where they got rid of the original content programming and they they started effectively negotiating deals with like Ninja and a couple other people to come and stream, stream exclusively on their platform. And so far, the fruits of that effort have not really materialized in any meaningful way. Microsoft isn't really talking about Mixer um, too much these days. So it, it, it is interesting. Um, actually, they didn't, I don't even think they streamed their build conference on Mixer, which was a little awkward. Uh, the thing too, that kind of points out that maybe this like strategy isn't working that if signing ninja and a couple of the other personalities really did work i think we'd see them snatching up a whole bunch more you know they started with like a list they would start going downstream and signing up a whole bunch more if it truly was working but there's no real sign that mixer is actually growing in any sort of meaningful way and that people are just sort of locked into twitch and potentially youtube gaming and potentially facebook gaming uh, Mixer has just been kind of sitting on the sidelines despite having a healthy budget behind it. I don't know what the future of it is, but this seemed to be a sort of last, they had to have spent some serious money to get these big streamers. And so if it's not working out, I'd be very curious to see uh, how long Mixer sticks around because I don't know what other strategy they could actually take uh, at this time. Uh, Thrust Bucket says, have you heard anything about a Series X manufa manufacturing, whether it started and how yields are going, are developers getting uh, final dev kits yet? So I talked about this a while ago. Um, manufacturing absolutely has started. I do not know anything about the yields, but I know how manufacturing works for just whatever. Um, is realistically that yields are always bad up front. They're not great, right? Because it's it, you're getting things set up. You're getting things, you're, you're tweaking and you're doing all that good stuff. And so um, no information on yields, but I would expect that if anything comes out, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, they're not exactly what we'd expect, but it will take time. And keep in mind that AMD is doing some of, most of the heavy lifting. Microsoft primarily is doing just the assembly. So there you go. Uh, Mad Thinus says, is Scarlet still a thing or has that plan been scaled back? Well, Scarlet, I'm not sure what you mean by Scarlet because Scarlet was the code name for uh, Anaconda and Lockhart and everything by my understanding is that is still going forward. And an old Amiga user says, with all the love that teams got to build, how realistic do you think the idea of teams for life is? Uh, the geek in me sees the obvious advantage in communication and collaboration tool uh, and everything else. Um, yeah, so teams on the corporate side is explosive growth, 75 million. Now granted, Microsoft juiced some of that by saying, hey, Skype for business is going away. We know the story there. How well is it gonna do it for consumers? I don't realistically know. Um, they're competing with some really big heavyweights, primarily iMessage. I know that's not quite the same thing that Teams for Life is doing or Teams for Consumer as they call it now. It's gonna be a tough. 
we'll see how how they were able to turn that that corner if at all um they also do have what is it, like 30 something million people already paying for office 365 on the consumer side so that is their base that they are going to try to turn over into teams for life like heavy users we will see if microsoft is able to do that mr pki says back from the dead for a question this week with conferences going virtual how will partners and isvs in the ecosystem be able to connect to the community uh, without expo halls and physical presence being available to meet this is very very key what he's talking about here is microsoft had their build conference this week and it went pretty well like realistically they did a good job streaming it but one of the primary reasons you go to a conference is what he's talking about the expo hall where you you can see third-party vendors you can honestly just meet up with friends a lot of business deals uh have a genesis in these things where they get started there and so part of me thinks that virtual events are very much going to be a thing for a while or at least a component of all conferences but microsoft and everybody else in the business knows that a lot of the value is actually going there in person i do think that they will come back i think it's going to take some time uh, for all those things to get fired back up and get back to the level they once were um but I, I i'm on board with yeah hey like yes microsoft did a good job doing build but not everything of build is a tangible metric of saying oh we had thirty thousand people watching the stream that's not always the the, the key uh, performance or Mr. PKI, <laughs> the key performance index that everybody is looking for. So, um, anyways, I, I'm hoping that Microsoft comes back with a new strategy, although we already know that build next year will be virtual as well. And so the kind of the next big Microsoft conference that could be in person would be ignite, but not this ignite. It would be ignite in a year from this fall. So we will see what happened. And then JG ACR says, why does Nadella hate the surface brand? I don't think he does. Um, I don't personally get that impression that he hates the Surface brand. I mean, they just launched a whole bunch of new products. They've been doing it pretty regularly and they've taken some chances with, I'm trying to look at my Surface Pro X over there. I mean, that's a device where they're kind of sticking their neck out. The Duo and Neo are also devices they stuck their neck out on. And so I don't think he hates the Surface brand. I think that's maybe potentially a mischaracterization. I'd be curious to know why you think he hates the Surface brand. So guys, that wraps it up for this week and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.